cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, your co-host for today's episode of Cover Story. And I am joined by my terrific co-host, Mick Jolly. Welcome, Mick. Hey, thank you, Brandy. How are you today? Oh, just wonderful. Yeah. Weather's been gorgeous out here on the rainy West Coast. It's not so rainy today, so You're not so cotton-wooded out? You're not all cotton-wooded out? You know, that I am. That, I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little better. We did have just, uh, just enough... Uh, of a sprinkling to kind of dampen it down. But, yeah, you, it is allergy season. It is what it is. Ah, <laughs> <So>. humbug. <laughs> I guess we've got to take the good with the bad. That's right. That's right. You know, so, I am and this s- is the good. So, hey, hey rock <laughs> on. Right on the show. Rock on. So this is so very exciting. We are getting down to the crux of it. For those of you who've been listening in, uh, as you know, we are doing a spotlight for the Public Relations Society of America for their Silver Anvil series of awards, um, which actually, drum roll, uh, the finalists, there were over, my goodness, I think close to 1,000 applicants, 101 um, finalists actually made it into this year's um, circle for the awards, and we've been spotlighting or highlighting, I should say, the various finalists um, for the Silver Anvil series. And June 8th is when, uh, so right around the corner next week is when um, the winner will be announced. And we've had on some phenomenal companies talking about the various strategies that they've used in order to meet and exceed their goals so that they could qualify for this great series of awards. And uh, today is no different. We actually have, this is a pretty interesting story, we have with us Schwartz Communications is up for three Silver Anvil Awards. And they're winners in the past as well. So I think we're going to learn a lot of great information from them today. And we're actually starting off with uh, Mark McClellan, who's Vice President uh, APR over at uh, Schwartz Communications. And he's got a great background. He's uh, more, more than 11 years at Schwartz, which really does say something. It's a testimony. As everyone knows, people tend to move around. Uh, a good amount in this space. So he's been there 11 years, and he's led teams in various industries, including financial services, consumer technology, semiconductors, homeland security, and gaming. And uh, he's worked with all different companies, ranging from venture funded companies, startups, large public companies, including Check for Free, Peppercoin, um, I4 Commerce, Hippocrates, Amberwave, and um, my goodness, he's also attained placement for his clients in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Los Angeles Times, all sorts of phenomenal publications that everyone's always looking to uh, bend their ear. And he's done some really interesting uh, things, even managed to get a uh, CNBC crew to follow him around. Uh, I shouldn't say follow him around, follow the vice president of one of his clients around, um, the Comdex show floor for an entire day as a life feature. So when we come back, we will be live with Mark McClellan. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize. 
this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source, all while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BannersRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Details. Value Click Media. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Cover Story. And our featured guest today is Mark McClellan. Welcome, Mark. Thank you for having me, Brandy. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's great to be here with you. I'm so excited. You must be doing phenomenal. Three finalist status. That rocks. I would never have believed it. When I submitted the three, I was I knew all three were great campaigns and we did great work for our clients and the Eric Schwartz, but I never would have pictured we would have had three in terms of all the tough competition the Silver Anvils always have. God, you know, I, I know at the end of the day, it's such an honor, first of all, to, to make it to finalist status. But I do mm-hmm. think, I, I mean, it's got to be kind of funky for you. Are you going to be like table hopping? Well, uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, I'll be chancing to spend all, two of my three clients are going to be coming to the award ceremony with my teams. So I'll be spending my time with them and the supervisors will be spending a lot of time with the clients as well. So it's, it's just going to be a good, fun experience. It's a great time. And it's really a good recognition of the hard work my teams have done and the great stories our clients have. That's awesome. And you've got two clients that are actually in the same category, correct? That is correct. That's wonderful. All right, but so this is like a, like a little aside. So how do you, Mr. Public Relations Guru, handle that? Um, be up like, front with your clients in that both are great clients in mm-hmm. their space. Checkfree, which is the leader in enabling Americans to pay and receive their bills online and I4Commerce which enables you people to shop online or via your phone more easily. Um, they've known from the beginning that we were submitting because we were quite proud of the work we did in both categories and up front there when they're finalists. We let them know as well, and I secretly hope that they decide to change the rules and they both win. Amen. That, no, that rocks. That rocks. That's great. I just can't wait to see like the evening of the event. You know, it's kind of like you know carrying two different colored pom poms. You know, like and changing both sides. I think that's really terrific. So let's start off. You actually have the three submissions um, that actually made it into finalist status are um, check for check free re- reaches a next wave of consumers and reduces concerns about ID theft. Correct. And that was you guys on behalf of Check for Free. Then we've got Peppercoin brings micropayments to the masses. Um, mm-hmm. obviously on, on behalf of Peppercoin. And um, then we're actually going to be uh, joined by one of your clients, um, the latter part of the show, which is Bill Me Later, making online shopping more convenient and secure. That is correct. 
on behalf of I4 Commerce. So this is terrific. Now we're gonna, let's start off with um, Check for Free reaches the next wave of consumers. Sure. All right. So I've got your overview, which I'll read, so everyone has okay. a little bit of background. It says, because um, I love to hear my tel- myself talk. Um, for more than 20 years, Check Check Free Corporation, which is also on the Nasdaq, has been a leader in electronic billing and payment solutions for consumers, billers, and financial service providers. By 2005, Check Check Free increased online consumer awareness of electronic billing and payment services to 99% and attracted more women to the service. Check Free's 2005 goals were to accelerate behavior change among the next wave of online bill payers by reducing their fears of ID theft, one of the biggest remaining barriers to adoption, and increasing market penetration. To meet these goals, Check Free and Schwartz began a multi-pronged campaign focused on debunking common myths using breaking analyst research, communicating to the, quote, next wave, um, those almost ready to enroll via women's publications and enlisting key influences to encourage people to receive and bill pays pill, ah, pay bills online. I almost got out of that. That's pain okay. Free. And your target audience was predominantly female Americans who are not early adopters, which means people who um, are not one to to make purchases on the internet and and um, and utilize new technology quickly. They like proven and you know tried sort of things but who are internet users and pay household bills. Primary 25 plus years old and age um, when there are enough bills to make a service compelling. So with that said, let's talk about what you guys did in order to A, earn the uh, the account and then let's talk about actually how the planning, how you guys planned and what the research was in the planning stages. Well, in terms of earning the account, CheckFree has actually been a Schwartz client now entering into its eighth year. So we've had a very long-term relationship with them, been a great client, and actually we won silver anvils for our work on behalf of CheckFree in 2002 and 2004. So we kind of like the even-numbered silver anvil years, I think. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But really, and that's kind of what the, the, when we first started working with them, it was to raise awareness of the benefits of paying bills online. Mm-hmm. And we succeeded. Great job. And then it was moving on to how do we get more women to start using the service, because in 58% of households in the U.S., it's the women that actually pay the bills. Um, in my household, we split them up, but for most households, it's the women that end up paying the bills right. every month. And what we really then is what we've driven adoption. We've helped increase you know, the number of women. We've been a key component and a key partner for them. But really, what are the barriers preventing the next wave of consumers from enrolling? And one of the concerns that we found was that there was some fear about ID theft. Um, and when you look at it, there were something like 18,500 stories in 2004 um, about ID scary. theft in general. Right. You know, you read about it, you read about credit card numbers being stolen and everything else. And people were concerned that maybe paying bills online would put you at risk. Mm-hmm. But that was fed in a lot by media hype, and it was actually incorrect. And when you look at analyst research, and there's one analyst in particular, Jim Van Dyke over at Javelin Research, that really studied the FTC data and studied what was going on and found out the single greatest thing a consumer can do to reduce their risk of ID theft is sign up to receive and pay their bills online. Because, because why? Because it's consolidated in one arena and you're not spread out across the web? It, well, it's not, but it's really most ID theft occurs in the physical world. So mm-hmm. it's getting your checks and getting your bills out of your mailboxes. Right. And the ID theft criminals come and they're more likely to lift your credit card bill out of your mailbox and suddenly they may have your account number. Um, they may be able to gather some other information from checks you send out. And by taking the 
access away from these criminals. You're actually reducing your risk. So basically our goal was to educate consumers that their fears were unfounded. It's not something they had to worry about. And, you know, that kind of ties nicely into what I think is the key component for all three campaigns we conducted, and that's having solid research to help you realize what matters and what you need to do. And it's something that we really take seriously at Schwartz. We don't make research an academic exercise, but you need to make sure when you're telling your story, if you get a good story in the New York Times, but it doesn't tell the right message, it's a wasted story. Absolutely. So it's how do you get the right story that gives the right message, and that's why we found out these analysts and this data, and how do you communicate it, and how do you do the research to find out the pubs that are read by the people you want to reach. And that's why we came up with really this multi-pronged campaign to do so. And it wasn't just one thing. The main thing we realized is it wouldn't be check for telling the story, because obviously people would think there's some self-interest involved. Let's have the mavens, let's have the trusted third parties, and let's have the analysts are the ones that are going to tell the story. So how can we work with Jim Van Dyke to get that research out there? keeping in mind the PRSA Code of Ethics. And we were very upfront always that we were working with Jim Van Dyke on behalf of Check Free. So, you know, would caution you don't want to try to hide anything because that's going to backfire on you in the end and it's just not ethical. Good for you. Good for, I mean, that's, and that's really important for everyone to hear. Always it's, keep your It's integrity. essential. I mean, if, if the data is the data, it's, it's the way to make sense. And another example just from this week, um, Check Free is a firm believer in research, and we commissioned, they commissioned a poll with Harris Interactive um, talking about what are some more adoption trends. This is more from the bank's perspective. And as a result of that survey and that poll, the New York Times just did a big two-thirds of a page feature on the rapid growth of online bill payment this past Monday, and it referenced right up there. The, you know, this research was sponsored by Check Free in addition to Harris and, and um, the marketing workshop, but it also talked to five banks the three analysts that we provided them with, and really made sure that they got the full story. If you're not using solid methodology, it's going to come back and haunt you in the end. Good for you. Good for you. Now, your budget, before you go any further, I apologize, was 126000 or approximately 126000 Approximately 1000 yeah. Okay, and 60% of that was the agency retainer? Yes. And then the rest of the money basically went to audio news release and the media kit? Correct. You know, and then, of course, included in that budget and what I'm assuming the agency retainer percentage was, was really doing your the market research and reaching out at the media relations portion. Uh, it wasn't the market research. That's something check free probably more than any other company I've ever worked with as a firm believer in doing that. Um, they do it internally. They do regular um, benchmarking studies using independent third-party research firms, and that's how they can help evaluate our progress and how successful we're being as they're checking these things every six months. So, you know, at Schwartz, we definitely are a firm believer in setting quantifiable metrics mm-hmm. for PR success and having them do the third-party research to validate our efforts. If we're doing our jobs right, which we have been, obviously, um, you know, the research shows it. Okay. Now, could and, you talk a little bit about creating qualitative uh, metrics? Well, quantitative metrics? Quantitative, I apologize. So that's okay. I, I think it's both. And I mean, I think that's one of the biggest challenges you always face in um, public relations. People mm-hmm. say, well, how do I measure success? And that's mm-hmm. been a discussion going on. You know, in some cases, things like, you know, increasing traffic, increasing the phone lines lighting up. But it's not just saying, I got this great story in the New York Times. It's a big two-thirds of a piece. You know, that's great. But what does that really accomplish? Mm-hmm. Is you need to look at how you can either measure things like for Check Free, initially was doing a baseline audit of consumer awareness and then checking again in six months and one year later. Or in this case, what is doing a third-party phone survey, you know, reasons people aren't paying bills online, 
I believe it was about 19% um, when we first started, and then we brought it down to, I'm sorry, 29% when we first started. And after their campaign, and despite 20,000 other ID theft stories, the fear regarding paying bills online was down to 20%. So that was a definite quantitative 9% reduction, which you can point to. If it's the case of Peppercoin, it's talking about share of voice. It's how much of the discussion are you having. Mm -hmm. If I increase check freeze or Peppercoins or I4Commerce's coverage by 20%, that's absolutely wonderful, and you you can pat yourselves on the back, and it's a good point. But frankly, if your competitor's coverage increased 80%, Right. Where where are you now? It is not the case. And if you're a good PR company, you're a good agency, you're a good internal person, you're going to succeed if you really have solid research, a good plan, and relentless execution. So set those goals. Don't shy away from comparing yourself to the competition. And really, that ties into what the C-level executive suite needs to hear because it puts you in a much more um, strong position when you're making a case for the additional resources you need when you can point to it. Instead of saying, well, I got this great piece, it's you can say the campaign we just did reduced fears by 9%, helped increase enrollment by, oh, increased oh, enrollment, I'm sorry, by 20%, you know, drove in 23% um, percent of our sales leads. Something of that sort that you can measure yeah. makes you a better PR person and really makes it a stronger case for your agency or your internal organization. You know, Mark, everything you've said, I, I couldn't agree with more. So much of what I hear out there from, from folks is that you, it's hard to measure public relations. And in the marketing guys always want to try and take the credit. So anything that you can do, which you've done so many things to be able to quantify your activities and your results, I mean, that just strengthens your, your ability all the way around, gives you more, more power with your, your, your customer, your client. But, uh, you know, it just it helps to exemplify what public relations can really do. So this this fantastic news information that you're providing today. I mean, I think you're, you're dead on, Mick, and that's really where I see it. And it doesn't matter the size of your company. And I, I know, I mean, obviously the Silver Anvils is a lot of really big companies. But Schwartz Communications, we tend to represent the entrepreneurial startups. You know, Peppercoin, which is one of my clients, has been a client now for three years. They're a small startup company in Waltham, Massachusetts. A lot of the things that you'd think about, you know, we don't have the budget for research. There are things you can do to set those quantifiable mm-hmm. goals, even as a small startup, up to a client like CheckFree, which is, you know, one of the larger uh, clients Schwartz has in terms of size of company, um, up to even some of the large, you know, large multinationals. Don't shy away from it. Anybody who tells you they have the golden bullet, and this is how you have to measure, and this is the framework you have to do, is probably being disingenuous. I mean, there's no one perfect way. You need to customize it for what their needs are. But you need to find objective measurement points that you can have. Okay, so let's start talking now about the plan that you laid out for them, given the target market that they were trying to capture. Okay. Okay. Uh, Basically, you know, in a nutshell, when you're looking at Check Free and what we really did with them, realizing we had to reach women and we had to reduce the fears of Mm -hmm. ID theft. And we've been doing PR for Check Free for a while, so we had some good goals, and we worked very closely with our corporate communications team. And what we really needed is we realized we needed a relentless media relations campaign, and that's one of the hallmarks of Schwartz is we'll spend the time, we'll work with you on the planning, we'll make sure we have the right messages, but we are unabashedly aggressive when it comes to telling your story in the media. And that's going after those publications to reach the next wave of female users, which is the O, the monies, the real simples, the parades, the morning shows, newspaper, and radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizing that, you know, as a PR person calling, you're not going to get 
a chance to really talk or meet with the folks over at O or the folks at the Today Show that often. So you need to find out ways to tie in, and it needs to be relentless. We created a media kit with seasonal themes. So from New Year's to tax time to going on vacation to preserving your credit score, what are some of the different topic areas that these publications talk about, and how can you provide reporters the information they need, even if you're not doing an interview? When it comes to getting on the morning shows, if you think about today's show, GMA, um, you know, CBS Early Show, they very rarely have company spokespeople. And we realized that what we needed to do is let's look at some of the mavens. Let's look at folks like Jim Van Dyke. Let's look at Terry Savage. He's a personal finance person. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Julie Morgenstern, who deals with personal organization, which is another theme of why people turn to check-free and paying bills online. And because of that, we ended up being on the Today Show four times in five months, and not once was a check-free. Which but is all phenomenal. the check-free's key messages were the ones communicated by these mavens, and it's by finding these third parties to get them as a believer in the benefits of paying bills online and what it gives you. And they ended up telling our story, and it was great results there. Which is um, that, that's actually more powerful in a lot of ways, I would have to say, Mark, when you mm-hmm. create those evangelists out there for you. I Absolutely. Mean, that's much more powerful than you coming from the company perspective and saying, hey, look at me, I'm great, I'm doing this very well. Mm-hmm. When there's somebody else out there bragging you up or, or discussing your methodology uh, and making it the standard that others want to follow, that's, that's awesome. I, I think that's right. And the good news is no matter what company you are, what size, there are people that if you're trying to reach consumers, it's the consumer mavens. But if you're on the business side, if you're a peppercorn looking at really bringing small payments, there are folks that deal with things that are mavens for financial services. And it's not just the analysts. It may be bloggers. It may be people that are doing podcasts. And it's really reaching out to those people to get them on board. I call them third-party force multipliers uh, because that's really what they are. It's they're so much more effective if they're telling your story than if it's your company's CEO or your VP of marketing. Oh, absolutely. Can I borrow that from you? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Just credit it to Schwartz Communications, and we'll talk about um, a licensing fee. A little, little rev share, a little microprocessing on it. There you go. <laughs> Keep it in the family. But, I mean, and, you know, in terms of the check for the rest of the campaign, it was fundamental blocking and tackling, um, making sure you didn't leave any stone unturned. When a reporter shot you down, having a second and a third fallback position prepared. And it was really, in addition to Mavens, it was leveraging the breaking news. When we knew Javelin's strategy was coming out with another survey and another study based on the effectiveness of paying bills online or reducing uh, the risk of identity theft, we jumped all over it. We helped them promote it, too, because that's the way. As an FYI to reporters, that news is going to help us. And so it's find those events and leverage them to help you tell your story. Which is great. And something that, you know, we're always really strongly promoting here is if you make the reporter's job easier, the producer's job easier, they're more likely to do business with you. So I think it's brilliant when you create these seasonal stories or these themed stories that are applicable to your business, Mm -hmm. but also give the media outlets a great story Mm -hmm. to jump on with very little work from their end. Mm-hmm. They're going to make it happen and then wrap that up with, you know, experts in the arena, these media mavens, as you say, as your third-party endorsement. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. I, thank you. I mean, um, really. I mean, that's, that's like a three-pronged approach that is so very, it, you know, that's something that we're always preaching here, is so very important. Well, that's I mean, why it has three finalists, right? He's doing it right. <laughs> 
You're right. Everything's in threes. <laughs> but it is Three's something, I mean, you, you need to keep in mind. These reporters who you're using to help convey your message, one, they're not the audience. It's the folks that they write to and folks mm-hmm. that read their publications that matter, but they are being deluged by PR people with pictures. And, you know, I have a little bit of an insight because my wife's a managing editor, so I hear it from, you know, both sides. Um, but, you know, she was a managing editor in niche technology publication, and if she was in an hour meeting, she'd have eight voicemail pitches and ten emails sitting okay. for her. So, and when you think about that and you compare it to what somebody at the New York Times or somebody at Oprah Magazine is getting. Oh, my getting, God, it's overwhelming. It's, it's overwhelming. So you need to really find ways to cut through the clutter and realize how can you be successful even if you can't get that, you know, hour interview because your CEO is coming to town. Find other ways to do it and get the message across, and the results are going to come. Well, and I think, too, and I think you made a really good point, sometimes at the end of the day it's not always that interesting to listen to someone's CEO. You know, I mean – Great, the CEO came on. Let's say you got the CEO on GMA. Mm-hmm. What is so, and I don't mean to be rude, but at the end of the day, like what's so appealing about him? Do you see what I'm saying? But if you have someone who's a media maven out there who people already trust, they look to them as the trusted source to get information on, on, on this material. Mm-hmm. And it's being, you know, the, the information is being verified or sponsored by, you know, um, you know Check Free, for example. Mm-hmm. That gives a credibility. Absolutely. That truly gives a credibility because, I mean, I would love to be, you know, at Webmaster Radio, let's say, I would love to be on GMA or interviewed. Who cares about Brandy? But if you went on GMA and you were talking about the fact that, hey, you know, this is the destination for the B2B world, mm-hmm. rock on, brother man. Carry my torch. I think Absolutely. It's, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather follow you following my torch, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, carrying my torch or my gauntlet for me than me leading it up because I'm not an interesting, st- I mean, of course, my father always said it was an interesting story, but I'm not really <laughs> the interesting story, and it's the product. So instead of always making the focus be on the person, right, unless you're looking for, you know, uh, you know, capital or something else, it's not the person that's interesting. It's about it's the story of the company, the services they offer, the guarantees that they offer, um, you know, et cetera. And I think you're right, and even if you are seeking the capital, it's not the person. Because people change, people move on, things happen. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to talk about the processes, the market opportunity. And that's what we did with Peppercoin, is a a great example, when they were really focusing on changing the small payments landscape and enabling people to use their credit cards for things like parking meters and jukeboxes. Um, And really, you know, changing the realm, because right now it used to be used to be something that people were always paying cash for and really changing that story. It's not about the benefit of the great CEO story. It's about the benefit that they bring to the merchants, the financial service providers, and also to the consumers to make it more convenient. Which is true. But before we get into Peppercoin, which I sure. definitely do, let's do this. Let's quickly sum up um, the results from your um, check for free. Or your check free. Check I free. Check free. I'm so, so, so sorry. No problem at all. Thank God for editing. Um, I know. <laughs> thank God they're not on the phone with you right now. But yeah, no. right. <laughs> Basically, you know, if, do you want me to sum it up? Yes, please. I mean, you know, looking at it over the course of the year, check free grew its subscriber base from 6.9 to 9 million active users. We weren't always, we weren't the only reason they did it, but they credit us as being a big part, public relations. Mm-hmm. Next wave users increased by more than 30%. Excuse me, the you key didn't make... reduce fear and identity theft. This no, 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 excuse me, survey. I'm interrupting you, I'm interrupting you, I'm interrupting you. Sure. Okay, they did not, okay, now this is a nice credit to you, so that's why I'm interrupting you. Check Free did, did no consumer advertising, and they do credit you predominantly as their key growth, you know, key reason for success. I'd say as a key part of its growth. We're not the key part of the growth because Check Free Service is 2,000. 
other 2,000 banks, brokerages, credit unions like Bank of America, they do some advertising, it would not be right. I can't claim that we're I'm going to claim stolen. it. I'm you can do it, but I'm, I'm, I'm being it. honest. But but no, which is you great. The organic side of it. <laughs> you know, it's you know, again, that helps you more in PRs. Be you know, be straightforward, be honest. It's going to yeah. come back and help you. No, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, but you were really. I mean, that's a neat thing to say. Yes, of course, they have their partners out there, and their partners are very strong partners. But on the flip side, when it comes to internal at, fr- at check free, mm-hmm. really the focus was on public relations mm-hmm. and the, their you know their partnership with Schwartz. It's their Schwartz and their team as well. They have a yes. great team there. Awesome. But other key benefits for you, fear of ID theft down from 29% to 20%, and we know that was definitely credited to PR. The Javelin, which is the research firm that was showing, um, the kind of bursting the bubble, mm-hmm. ended up doing an audio news release with them over it, and that led to a big spike in interest among people paying bills online. And really the reach for that release was $20 million, including the AP and USA Today. So that's kind of using a very cost-effective release, an audio news release, um, to get the story out, penetrating all the key markets, and really establishing these third-party mavens from the Terry Savages to the National Association of Professional Organizers and having them start telling our messages and communicating our benefits as well. And you used the video news release as, as a way to furnish them with information? Actually, we didn't use a video news release. We used an audio news release to reach consumers, um, and it was a lot of face-to-face sit-down meetings with the key influencers at these organizations. We didn't do any VNRs. I'm so um, sorry. God, Brandy. Bad, that's okay. Brandy. <laughs> hey, that's why the show, you can ask the questions, right? Right, exactly. But Find vid- out what worked. But, but now Brandy can work to trip me up on something. So. Yeah, no, I am. I am. I'm brewing. I'm totally brewing on this. But <laughs> but I do think, I think audio a lot of times is much more sticky than video regardless. I, I think it's sticky. I mean, obviously, you guys as Webmaster Radio being the great, you know, B2B radio site that you are, you realize it as well, but in terms of a cost-effective means to reaching consumers, to do an ANR or a VNR, you need to have a consumer hook and you need to have it to be timely. And just the reach that you can get for the cost, um, set with all the new regulations and the new concerns with TV stations, you really need to think long and hard before you do a video news release. But audio news releases are still possibly one of the most cost-effective mm-hmm. ways of getting your story out there in a PR campaign if you have the right story. Absolutely. And talk to us. Can you talk to us very quickly um, in regard to how you distributed the audio news release? We worked with a third-party provider of Schwartz that we basically outsourced. We worked on the script. They helped provide it and disseminate it to the radio stations. Okay, terrific. And were they playing, were they taking the information from the audio news releases or were they actually playing the um, the audio news releases. It was both. It depended on the different markets. But I think, and I don't have the specific data in front of me, but about 20% of the coverage was in the top 20 markets, and 60% was in the top 40 markets. And so a lot of the top 20 markets tended to take snippets from it, but the markets 20 to 80 or so tended to do the ANR in its entirety. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Very inexpensive, and it's exactly your messaging. Absolutely. Which is so very important. In your words, no ability for anyone else to to, to mince words or, or mix things up on your behalf. I think that's a great vehicle for people to, you know, properly personify the image and the information that they need to. I agree. Cool. All right. Let's continue. Sure. So we're talking about now we've, you used uh, 588 articles? Yes. Okay. With a combined circulation exceeding 506 million? Yes. 
And that exceeded our objective by about 68%. And that was what I talked about the Today Show as well, five times in five months. And we also, and this is something in terms of measurement, is you want to make sure what are the key messages you communicate. That if you evaluate, you know, a personnel move column the same way as you do a key feature in the New York Times, talking about why people are, you know, paying bills in increasing numbers, they're not the same. So you need to really evaluate how many articles contain the key messages. And I think we figured out on average, based on our analysis, each article contained at least two of the four check-free key messages. Good for you. Good for you. And um, third-party market growth validation. That's the folks like Napo, um, Javelin, Terry Savage, really talking about the growing consumer popularity mm-hmm. and why to do it. And, you know, for Napo was talking about organizing and spring cleaning and getting rid of the clutter in your desks. Uh, for Terry Savage, it was talking about helping you avoid and preserve your credit rating, helping you avoid late charges in your bill, because 38% of your credit rating comes from paying your bills late. And if you pay your bills online, you're less likely to do so. So the ties in that way, and Javelin was the ID theft. So again, it's finding the right angle mm-hmm. for each of the right mavens as long as it talks to your key story. And this applies for consumer as well as business to business. Good for you. Good for you. All right, you guys, when we come back, uh, we will come back and continue with Mark McClellan, who is uh, Vice President over at Schwartz Communications, and we will be talking about Peppercoin. Brings micropayments for the masses on behalf of Peppercoin. We'll be right back. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this edition of Cover Story. We are spotlighting uh, some of the fabulous finalists for the Silver Anvil Awards at the PRSA. And today, our featured guest is Mark McClellan, APR Vice President of Schwartz Communications, who is extremely uh, excited, sitting on the edge of his seat, because he has made it three 
finalist status in the Silver Anvil Awards. We just um, had a discussion uh, in regard to Check Free, and we are now moving on to Peppercoin brings micropayments to the masses. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you. Glad to be back. You know, you sound you remind me of like a football coach. <laughs> I bet being around you're like high energy. We're gonna win. We're taking down the team. Good for you. <laughs> you get good energy. I try. It's a, it's a fun job, and I love it. Now you t- you can tell you've got total passion. So this is a little bit of a different approach. This is one of the companies that you worked with. That's a startup company. Correct. Okay, so let me read the overview. Sure. Um, Consumers have increasingly demonstrated a willingness to use credit cards for purchases instead of cash or checks. The areas where credit card penetration is still small is for micropayments at under $5 and small payments um, of under 20 or more than $25. More than $1.32 trillion. Wow, I can't even say the word trillion. Uh, is spent in low-value cash transactions annually. There was no technology to make processing these transactions profitable for merchants and financial service institutions until Peppercoin created technology that enables merchants and financial service institutions to increase top and bottom line revenue while processing transactions as small as five cents. But micropayment systems were a discredited technology and large merchants and institutions were reluctant to commit to unproven technology for a small amount of revenue. To overcome this challenge, Peppercoin and Schwartz created a multi-pronged campaign to address negative perceptions, increase consumer willingness to use cards for small payments, generate interest from merchants and financial institutions, and secure funding so this small startup company could continue operations beyond August 2005. By executing an integrated multi-phase media and analyst campaign, including special events, Schwartz and Peppercoin exceeded their goals. Peppercoin. I'm really not good at the names today. Ah, that was a mouthful. So this is an exciting account. It's a great account. Okay, so let's start talking about, they came to you, they're a small company, Mm -hmm. they've got kick-ass technology, Mm -hmm. and about a bunch of doubting Thomases. Correct. Okay. Basically what had happened is, this is is technology that was created by two professors at MIT, and they realized initially that, you know, this is before iTunes became popular, and actually when it was popular, that people were, you know, buying and selling things online for smaller amounts of money now, 99-cent songs. But frankly, it was a failed business model because people were losing money on the transactions and they weren't finding new ways to get enough consumers actively involved. And so what they really had to do is communicate that, you know, using small payments technology, you could help both online and the physical world, take these small transactions, these, you know, 50 cents you plug into the parking meter for an hour's worth of parking, mm-hmm. the, the dollar to play a song on the jukebox, um, buying digital music mm-hmm. online, that it could be both, you could use small payments and credit cards to help bring in new consumers as well as reduce processing fees. But what had happened is back in the 90s, during the Internet bubble, there were a number of companies that had come up with the entire thing, saying, you know, we're going to solve this micropayments and small payments challenge with our own unique form of currency. And they failed miserably. But really what Peppercoin's genius, and this is total credit to Lem, was realizing that we can do this using the existing payments infrastructure. Use what people know and trust. Why create a new form of currency? Why try to create something new? Use what everybody else uses, their credit cards and their debit cards. And how can you create the technology to work with the merchants, the banks, and the payment processors to help them accept credit cards for these small transactions? Okay. So, all right, so they came to you. Yes. 
they've got this great okay they they understand what the marketplace needs they understand who their consumers are i.e the partnerships they need to have with their financial institutions mm-hmm. and and some of the larger brands let's so to speak mm-hmm. what what do they come to you and what what is it the sparks in, in in you how you can help them execute how do you how do you consolidate that because that's a huge charter to take on it's a huge charter, but it's a charter that a lot of the Schwartz companies actually come to us with. Is they have a great disruptive and innovative technology, something mm-hmm. that is that can work. But how do you compete against either you know failed business models of the past, or you know if you're dealing with you know Visa, Mastercard, and Chase, or people like that, right. and you're this you know thirty person company in Waltham, Massachusetts, and you know that's where Schwartz you know helps differentiate itself. Is we help these innovative companies succeed, but in this case, what we realized is we needed to really look at what are the markets that matter, what are the messages that matter, and how can we get them out there. And very similar to what we had done with CheckFree is we had to figure out what are the key drivers that we can then make PR campaigns around to help tell the story. And so we worked with another third-party firm called Ipsos Insight that really studied, you know, consumers' willingness to use um, their credit and debit cards for low-value payments. You know, track the industries where it makes sense. So we can help Peppercoin figure out, you know, we only have a finite PR resources. Where are we going to focus the overall um, attention? And we figured out what are the five industries that matter the most, and we could create PR campaigns around that. Okay, so we, what were those five industries? Um, five industries, gosh, you're going to really test me on this one, aren't you? <laughs> but it was the online, it was transit, things like parking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, parking meters where they did something with mobile phones and parking in Las Vegas. It was gaming, it was vending kiosk, and it was consumer goods. Okay, fabulous. So, and how did you? How did did now did how did you come up with these are the five primary marketplaces? And this is where you should. Well, focus. this was based on really realizing where are consumers willing to use their credit cards. Okay. Um, and you know they found out that, and I don't have the exact numbers, but you know more than forty million Americans are willing to use their credit cards. At vending machines, more than 50 million Americans would be willing to use their credit cards at parking meters. So we knew that these were markets that would make sense, and what we had to do was go after and communicate to those companies that manufactured parking meters and vending machines, those financial service processors that helped power those transactions and convince them to credit card enable these. And so what we really needed to do was almost was kind of a four um a fourfold plan okay. was to help change consumers' willingness to use cards for small purchases because, as I said, there was some concern about it. We had to really get consumers on board with it. We had to leverage public relations on Peppercoin because we were one of their key elements for growth. And their goal we had set was to you know get five inbound customer inquiries and help them get some additional mm-hmm, venture funding. Mm-hmm. They were strongly venture-backed, but to really go to the next stage, they needed to get some more. And then we also, as I said, Peppercoin's key differentiator wasn't just being able to work online. And a lot of their competitors were doing things with aggregation and they are doing things online. And Peppercoin went well beyond aggregation and dealt with things in the physical world to be the only guys that could do it online when you're buying something at, you know, an online music store to, you know, an ice cream store in downtown Boston. And that was one of the key points there. And then really um, to build their awareness, again, as a market leader by securing two key messages. And we had, again, believing in quantifiable metrics, worked with them. We wanted to get two key messages in more than 40% of the articles that mention or feature Peppercoin. Just getting them mentioned wasn't enough. It's talking about mentioning and talking about helping increase top-line revenue, reduce the bottom line, improve customer loyalty. 
we had a set of four or five key messages and we wanted to communicate them in as many articles as we could. Good for you. I mean, and not leaving, right, not leaving money on the table. Don't leave money on the table. Right. Amen. This is, I mean, this is terrific. I mean, I, you know, I'm listening to you and just from a personal perspective, you know, yes, would I absolutely use my credit card to pay for a meter? Yes. You know, especially if it's, I mean, believe me, I've, I've run after meter maids in, in a furious rage before. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you located, Brandy? Are you in New York City? No. No, I'm a Bostonian originally. Oh, you're a Bostonian originally. But when you think about the parking hours, some of them are $2 for an hour even at a meter. And oh, it's I mean, just digging for that much change is a royal pain. And, you know, if you could put your credit card in, or in, and it's not just that way. It's thinking about if you park in a lot on a regular basis, can you use Peppercoin's technology to do things like offer subscription model, where if you pay for five days of parking, you're going to get an extra day free. Um, and additionally, using the back end when you enable technology, you can do new things with parking. What Peppercoin has done with a, a partner of theirs called Rhino in Las Vegas in Oklahoma City isn't just credit card enabling parking meters. But you'll actually get a text message to your cell phone saying, you know, your time is about to run out in 10 minutes. Would you like to add more time to your meter? And you can fill the meter up right from your cell phone. That's, now, that's phenomenal. So if you're having dinner and, you know, you're enjoying the conversation with your friends or whoever else, you don't need to run out and feed the meter. Just text message using Peppercoin's technology. It gets powered back up and you're all set. That's the kind of innovation that's possible with this type of small payments technology. Right, and there's so many various applications for that, and especially being able to now you also, you know, let's let's take this one step further, which isn't the focus of what we're talking about, but no problem. if you're texting someone, so now you have this lovely database of people who have certain um, traits or patterns, now that takes you to a whole new level of doing business with people because now you can serve them up, you know, things that are important to them on a consistent basis if that's allowed. If that's allowed by the rules. Yes. And there, there are definitely some rules with credit card associations and merchants and keeping privacy consumer data that you want to be sure to follow. True, true. But if they say, hey, you know what, we've got X, Y, and Z program. Sure. If you want to sign up for this, like I know for a fact, like, exactly like you said, if I, if I personally, if I had the ability, there's a parking lot that I always use and they don't have a subscription monthly, but God knows I, I overpay every mm-hmm. month. And I knew that I could have a, either a subscription to them or, you know, I... I God, I'm just going to, I just want to give you $3 because at night it flips over to being more expensive. Yes. And I'm going to be reminded that I'm going to get dinged more money, mm-hmm. get the car out of the damn lot so I'm not, you know, paying money that I shouldn't have to pay. This mm-hmm. is, I mean, this is a tremendous benefit to me. Correct. This is a tremendous benefit to me uh, on so many different levels. Okay, so now and that I'm... Frankly, though, for mm-hmm. this one, the key, the consumers, unlike with CheckFree, aren't the key focus. Right. It's the merchants that really need to buy into this, and it's and the, the car associations that would right. start offering this and helping sell it. And so, although we could tell the consumer story and do so much with it, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to help them with the corporate growth, and it wasn't going to help them reach the movers and shakers they needed to make. So consumers, were, for the most part, a tertiary audience force. Would you leverage those stories because you'd still reach merchants and bankers and the um, payment processors mm-hmm. via consumer media. But it was really the trades that were the bread and butter for this campaign. Well, absolutely, because in order for them to reach the consumer, you need to you be need able to adopt, absolutely. Especially absolutely. to make it, you know, make it, a, a, you know, to be able to, to have a business that's going to grow and mature very quickly. But I would assume as well, am I correct, that this is, I mean, this is a long term I mean, how long is the process to adopt not new merchants, but really bringing on these financial institutions, the large financial institutions who have large merchants underneath them? It's longer than signing on the merchants, but Peppercoin has received very good 
um, acceptance in the market is already signed with a number of the largest payment processors um, that are offering its services to their merchant customers. So they're well on the track because they have a technology. They did a proof of concept, proved it worked. Mm-hmm. We helped communicate it. We helped raise awareness, raise the buzz around it. And um, with a great combined with a great sales force from Peppercoin, they've been managing to drive things forward. That's fabulous. Okay, so let's talk about some of the ways in which you executed this plan. I mean, basically, we realized we needed we needed four things. We needed a rolling thunder that you know one hit wasn't going to be enough, and so it was really finalizing on you know establish that Peppercoin and micropayments and small payments is a viable market that would help attract aid sales, attract capital. Then it was to highlight potential for those five different vertical markets. Um, we really did that even because we didn't have customers at the time. Establish thought leadership. Get the CEO out there talking about the issues, talking about uh, the benefits that Peppercoin brought, and really wage a two-front war. Mm-hmm. Get the merchants on board first in the key verticals, and then leverage that revenue to entice financial services institutions, which we did, and then help secure additional VC funding. And finally, as I, as I mentioned, I think, in the earlier check resection, leverage the analysts. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it wasn't necessarily the same as we did with the Mavens and the force multipliers, but it was really use them to validate the business model and validate the company. So it was getting the folks from Tower Group and Forrester on board, getting them to generate reports that helped drive um, demand at the large institutions that Peppercoin was trying to sell to. And we did that through unabashedly aggressive media and analyst relations. Um, Peppercoin, and they get full credit for this idea, uh, also decided, you know, again, 30-person company in Waltham, Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. we are going to host an industry symposium on micro and small payments conference. Um, We're going to bring together the leaders and different merchants in all of these markets, these big players from Chase and Visa and Citibank, and have an industry-neutral conference to talk about the market opportunities. And that was... A brilliant move on their part because it absolutely identified them immediately as a leader in the marketplace. And then we gave them a chance to talk to prospects, but then we could leverage it on our PR front by having media from the banking media like American Banker to Newsweek show up, as well as announce survey results. And as I talked about using that Ipsos Insights survey, mm-hmm. you know, we did a year-by-year tracking, and we could show the growth in consumers' willingness to use cards. And we unveiled that at the conference, which helped them with their sales cycle, but helped us on a PR front because we had the reporters there at the conference, and that was the big news at the conference. Which is phenomenal. And also, you know, the difference between, you know, when I said having a CEO on GMA versus Correct. having your, C- CM, you know, your CEO being quoted in industry publications across the board, that gives credibility to the company as a whole, extends the expert status, and hopefully because this is sort of, even though you've said companies have done this in the past, but yet have failed, it allows them to create themselves or position themselves as the true you know, um, leaders in standards and practices for this portion of the financial community. Absolutely. Which is so very important. Okay, let's continue. We're going to end up running along today, people, because I like Mark and I'm keeping him. So if and me- hopefully you'll like... Heather as well, and you talk to her shortly as well. No, Heather, and Heather's going to be fantastic. I've heard lovely things about her. Great. So if, if anyone has a meeting with Mark, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's now been canceled. I'm really sorry we're holding Mark hostage. <laughs> That's okay. I think I'm free for a while still. Okay. I have a softball game against Computer World later tonight. but uh, we, we, we shan't keep you that long. See, I knew you were a coach of sorts. I just play. I'm the catcher. You're the catcher. You're a team player. That's always good. Okay. So back to the, so that, so the next, the next step. Well, I think the next step was really on the execution was the conference was Mm -hmm. changing the discussion was really, 
you know, when people were talking about small payments, it was aggregation and it was online. And the tone of the stories changed to be about online, mobile, and physical world. Mm-hmm. And, and point um, of sale. the revenue opportunities that Peppercorn could bring in, not just tying into what everybody would like to talk about, about reducing the cost, but really how you could use um, small payments technology to increase your revenues and just relentlessly driving that home with bylines, with case studies, with editorial opportunities, with quotes, and you name it. That's fabulous. And all of this is done with a budget of approximately $100,000. Mm-hmm. That's terrific. Now... As far as, like, in summary, sure. what were the results? Well, the results, as I'm sure you won't be surprised, they exceeded even our wildest expectations, which is mm-hmm. why we're hopefully a Silver Anvil finalist. But they realized significant growth and credited a large percentage of it to public relations. That um, accelerated discussions with five key partners, um, including um, bringing in some qualified prospects, aided in securing an agreement with MasterCard. They had a lot to do with it, too. That's huge. And, you know, causing merchants to call a lot of these payment processors to request, how can I get Peppercoin? And so they could tell that from their sales calls, which is great. But probably one of the more interesting elements is Peppercoin was well on its way to securing venture funding, but they received an incoming call from somebody who ended up being their lead investor in its latest round, and it wasn't somebody they had initially targeted. They had heard about Peppercoin through its PR success. So, you know, PR can definitely be quoted as helping get the latest round of funding for Peppercoin, and they were quite happy with Schwartz for that. I bet, I bet, and what an exciting program. I mean, really, (laughs) good for you. You know, and I mean, that just shows you the real power of PR. Absolutely. And I mean, is if you can tell the story and you can really let folks know what the differentiators are, what the benefits are, it's going to help companies grow, and you don't need to be, uh, you know, a big company spending a lot of money doing PR. You can be an innovative company and, you know, turn to a good agency, hopefully like Schwartz Communications, and we can get your story <laughs> out there. Yeah, no, and that's so very true. We are going to go to a, uh, a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to keep Mark, because we told you we're holding him hostage, but we're also going to bring on Heather Fields, who is the marketing PR manager for I4 Commerce. That's Bill Me Later, uh, the third uh, Schwartz Communications uh, Silver Finalist entry, and it's making online shopping more convenient and secure on behalf of I4 Commerce. We'll be right back. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm proudly presents Inspirational Moments by David Mayer. Some things in life are never wrong. And some things in life are always wrong. But there's a very fine line between what is really wrong and what is truly wrong. But in life, everything's wrong. (laughs) Tune in for more inspirational moments with David Naylor and Mikkel DeMip every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Strike Point. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch 
Searchmedia.com today. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin. Welcome back to uh, this very special edition of Cover Story. I'm joined again by Mark McClellan, APR Vice President of Schwartz Communications, and his client, Heather Fields, Marketing and PR Manager of I4 Commerce. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing... Actually, you know what? I'm doing... I'm doing pretty good. I thought I wasn't going to be doing as good as I'm doing, but I am. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to hear it. Yeah, you know what? You are so lucky. I have to say, I'm really enjoying speaking to Mark. You guys are very lucky. Isn't he wonderful? Yeah, so far. So far. (laughs) Uh (laughs) No. You know, it's a whole... I'm from Boston as well, and I really... He's, you know, you're very sharp-witted. I appreciate that. Yes, he is. Yes, we're we're lucky to have him. Absolutely. And, And I have to say, East Coast people rock. We do. Woohoo. Yes. <laughs> I lived in Colorado for a couple of years and people didn't quite know what to do with me there. <laughs> they sent me back to the East Coast. I thought they were so nice. Um, but Heather, you're, you're a manager of marketing and public relations and uh, you're responsible for the development of marketing and PR strategies related to the offering of I- I4's Commerce's full site of payment and marketing technologies, including its flagship, Bill Me Later. Yep. Um, you're also responsible for supporting the sales organization, promoting adoption of alternative payment solutions for consumer applications. And prior to joining I4 Commerce, in case you didn't know, Heather, um, you spent seven years at, wow, Check Free Corporation. I did. <laughs> Keep it in the family. Um, <laughs> heading up marketing for its suite of reconciliation and compliance software solutions. And you have an MA in communication studies from Emerson College, Rock on Boston. Woohoo. Yeah, and holds yes, a bachelor. Yeah, good girl. So that means you're, <laughs> yeah, but that's so cool. It means you're artistic as well. I love that. And, I love uh, that school. <laughs> yeah, I had a bunch of friends that went there. Um, and that is definitely the fun, like talk about creative, cool people that come out of Emerson. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. We've met a, a lot of lifelong friends and some great, great contacts among the alumni. So good school. That's awesome. And you also uh, hold a Bachelor of Arts in Communication Arts from Salisbury State University. Yes, I do. Yes. <sighs> wow. Wow. You rock, girl. <laughs> so Who wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just pulled it out of my mind. I just felt that about you. <laughs> I feel like I've known you my whole life. <laughs> yeah, you. Want me to tell you what else I know about you? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so, but this is great. Let me do, I'm going to do the overview of what the campaign is. Great. And then let's just start talking about it. And the real focus here is to let people understand what it is that you guys are trying to achieve, how you actually, um, you know, how you actually decided that, you know, sometimes where you think you should go isn't always the best path to take. So how you guys work together to create that path that led you on to success, um, how you executed it, and then obviously um, the evaluation. Sure. So that's a path. Okay, so overview. While millions of Americans shop online and online shopping booms during the holiday season, there are two secrets overlooked by most merchants and media. 
First, credit cards were not designed for online shopping or shopping by phone. People type in the 16-digit security code and other information because it is the only option. Second, a significant number of affluent, well-educated women, we love women, are still not shopping online. Boo! i4Commerce solved both of these problems with Bill Me Later, a fast, easy, and secure way for consumers to pay for online purchases without entering credit card information. Similar to magazine subscriptions, consumers can just click Bill Me Later, and if approved, the order is processed. By the end of 2004, less than 100 merchants offered this service. Most of the larger multi-channel merchants were still not customers, and i4Commerce had less than 800,000 users. The public relations challenge was twofold, to help i4Commerce grow by raising awareness with leading merchant prospects and to attract more consumers to try the service. That's Ooh, a what big a challenge we had. Undertaking. <laughs> it was a big undertaking. So how do, you, how do you figure out what the best way is to attract us? Okay. Well, um, definitely, as you've outlined, we had sort of two things going on. We had the, the consumer awareness story. We had a great story. It's a real easy story to tell. It makes perfect sense. Um, and on the other hand, we had to get in front of those merchants and build credibility with them and let them know that we were a solution that was going to be around for the long haul. We had incredible, um, incredibly experienced folks involved with the company. So we really needed to do two things. We needed to um, uh, get in front of the key trade press with case studies of merchants that had signed on and were having some incredible success with us. So we um, approached our merchants and asked them to participate in testimonials with us. Good for you. Yeah, and that was just a, a huge coup for us. We had um, some of the leading CEOs get on board with that. We had uh, Patrick Byrne at Overstock.com. Mm-hmm. We had um, Christine at SkyMall. We had uh, Michael at eToys. So some really strong brands willing you. to get out there and speak on our behalf because they were. They were seeing incredible results by implementing Bill Me Later on their website. They were getting consumers, um, incremental consumers who would not – purchase through the website because they were concerned about using a credit card. And as you mentioned, primarily that is sort of an affluent female, say 35 to 55. She will shop online, she'll compare us and shop, but she doesn't want to enter her credit card information. So with Bill Me Later, they were able to give, uh, give her an option to actually go ahead and purchase online. And once the consumer is comfortable with that process, she is, you know, often will shop again and again and again. So she becomes one of their most loyal and lucrative customers. Absolutely. And it's also a great way, I would assume as well, you know, just a nice plug for you guys, but these, all these services make so much sense to me. I become evangelistic about <laughs> it, you know, is, you know, again, why leave money on the table? If you have, exactly. if you have people who are abandoning, making a sale based on the fact that there's not a, um, a way for them to, to uh, make that transaction in a comfortable way, why not have that exactly. offering available to them? Exactly. And, and usually it's, um, it's something that merchants recognize they, they want to do and they should do. It's just a matter of getting in the IT priority list. Mm-hmm. So having CEOs with credibility such as those I've mentioned and, and lots of others um, was really important to us on the merchant, uh, merchant story side. And then because we don't really do any direct advertising or marketing to consumers at this point, it was really important for us to get great presentation on the websites of those merchants so that consumers would begin to see our brand. So that was another way that we started to um, win over consumers and to build awareness with our consumers without having to put out funds for advertising and, and direct marketing. Which is great. So really going the co-op way or asking your partners, because we do the same thing here. 
to be mm-hmm. honest with you, our, right. our advertisers promote us to their base because they're supporting exactly. something. It's a win-win for everyone. Exactly. Now, did, exactly. You, did you put together specific specs for them? So did you create um, all of the, the imaging that would go onto the various sites for them or did you tailor it for them or mm-hmm. did you say, hey, this is sort of like our little parameter but basically take and run with it? Right. So um, we actually have done a lot of usability testing, and we know sort of what messages work because you can't speak to everybody the same way. Some people, it's a security message by, you know, feel secure. Others, it's a, it's a convenience message. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, shopping fast, convenient, comfort. Um, so it depends on the merchant, the type of message that we use. But we have been able to prove to them that you need to message it consistently throughout the website experience. So it should be on the home page. It should be on the product pages and not just relegated to the uh, shopping cart page where you have the logos of the other incumbent payment methods like Visa and MasterCard. To get those people comfortable about shopping online, you need to start telling them about convenience and security right up front. So that is an education process with the merchants, um, especially because they are so um, concerned with their brand. And, um, you know, so we work with them to make sure that the uh, the wording, the coloring, and the mm-hmm. branding all doesn't uh, take away from their own brand image. Absolutely, which is so very important. So good for you. So, I mean, I think for our listeners, that's something really important to think about is leveraging the relationships that you currently have to become a win-win for, for, both, for both players. Yeah, definitely. It's something that we, we learned over time. I think at the beginning we thought that we had the right formula, but in working with some of the biggest brands out there, such as you know, Continental Airlines and Walmart and some of the other ones, you know, we started working more collaboratively and understanding um, which colors and brands um, were working um, most effectively for them, and we were, we were able to change and adopt as well. So it really has been a collaboration. That's phenomenal. And keeping your mind open, that's so very important. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's go on. Other key elements that you guys used in order to deploy the campaign? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the most important things is we are a small company. Um, when I joined the team, there was only one person who was working on PR, but that was on top of, you know, seven other hats that she was wearing at the time. Right, of course. So, um, and, and also, while they did have a PR firm, there really wasn't anybody managing the relationship, and there really wasn't a comprehensive plan in place. So, um, you know, we evaluated different firms, and we partnered with Schwartz Communications, and I've been blessed. I've worked with them in the past, so um, knew the success that they could bring to the team. Um, I knew that they could support our small team and our fast pace and our sense of urgency. So um, working with them, we, we put together sort of a multi-pronged approach to go after consumers and merchants together. Since we were already seeing the merchant story proliferating, we were seeing the case studies get out there, we were starting to get um, some adoption and some prominence in the the merchant trades, we decided to start going after the consumer publications. We wanted to let more and more women know about Bill Me Later. So working with Schwartz, we put together a hit list of of the publications read by our demographics. So they would be magazines such as Woman's Day, Woman's World, Self Magazine. I'm sure you're familiar with mm-hmm. most of those. Absolutely. So we, um, we started contacting those reporters with some of our user stories. We began to survey our consumers to find out more about, you know, their behavior, why they chose us. Was it convenience? Was it security? Was it curiosity? You know, was it something else? Um, and started cultivating some of those referenceable customers so that they would speak on our behalf. Um, working with Schwartz, we also uh, started doing some quarterly surveys. So we launched a survey, for example, last holiday season. We asked, um, at that point, we had about 1.5 million, or no, 1 million, 1.2 million uh, consumers, I believe, using the product. So a nice survey base that we could talk to about what their holiday shopping plans were. Good for you. 
and we put that out on the national wires, and that got some great pickup for us. Um, one way we were able to combine the consumer and merchant tactics was to put those survey results out in key cities where we had merchants that we really were trying to bring on board. So we had key merchants in Seattle and San Francisco and Omaha, for example. So we would put the survey results out or try to in their local papers so that they would read about us because we wanted to stay top of mind with the merchant as well as get those key consumers on board. Right. So now you've got this dual, dual-pronged approach. Right. Or for the single, for me, I should say a single, you know, a, a, whatever. The messaging was great for two. We could repurpose for Thank lots you. of different audiences. And <laughs> keep those people on the list. And now you've got people who are saying, hey, this is great. We want to do business with you. But getting in the queue sometimes is difficult. So right. if you've got people calling them, following up on them, they're opening up their morning paper with their cup of coffee. They're seeing your name. <laughs> there really creates a nice urgency to get exactly. on the bandwagon. Exactly. And what I heard from the sales team was that, you know, consumer or excuse me, merchants were extremely impressed when they would hear um, consumers talking about us. They were, uh, you know, they had heard us talk a lot about ourselves, and they had heard merchants talk about us, but they they really hadn't heard it from their own customers clamoring for it. So they really liked seeing us in the press. They thought, you know, it was us out there helping to build our brand. And as you said, it was starting to create that sense of urgency, and that you know this this uh, this ball was rolling, and they needed to jump on board mm-hmm. before the holiday. That's phenomenal. One point that Heather, I think, made, and I want to kind of emphasize a little bit more, if I may, Brandy, is identifying the markets that matter. And when you think about PR campaigns, a lot of companies say, I want the top 20 DMAs. But I, for commerce, and Heather was smart enough to realize that, you know, it's not always those cities that matter. It's where are my customers going to be? And that's why she mentioned Omaha, and she mentioned Wisconsin. And I'm born in Racine, so I love Wisconsin. You know, places that may not always get the full brunt of a PR campaign were crucial. And so it's, when we're identifying the top 20 geographies to go after, it's figuring out where their prospects are, where their merchants are, and going after those geographies, not necessarily the biggest markets because they're the biggest. Right. So but how yeah, did absolutely. you, which is an excellent point, so how did you guys, because I know that you said that one of your big merchants, for example, I believe was in Omaha. So how, how did you guys craft that list of, you know, top 10 cities that you were going to go after, understanding that, you know, of course, we all want like, you know, Boston, LA and New York, but maybe those aren't the bread and butter. How do you, de- right. how do you decipher that? Definitely a collaboration with our, our strategic sales team, talking to them and trying to understand which uh, retailers they're you know, working with, perhaps uh, some of the ones who need a little bit more evidence to adopt our, our service. Um, so getting their feedback on the priorities, which of those merchants do we want to bring on board in 2005 or 2006, what messages do we need to get out there to help them feel more comfortable with moving forward. Good so really you. a collaboration with the VP of Sales and his team. Good for and you. Then what we did is it was a twofold blocking and tackling. It was mm-hmm. figuring out where the headquarters are, and those are the local papers. But what we also did with the list that Heather gave us is we did some primary research to find out where the VPs of marketing at those companies were being quoted for their own PR purposes and operating under the assumption that if you're, you know, being quoted in the magazine, the odds are pretty good you're actually reading the publication as well. So that helped us identify what some of the key marketing and key ah. trade publications were not just going by circulation or demographic, but by really being where are your potential prospects being quoted, and that's who we want to go after, and those are the publications that matter. Ah, that now that is a fabulous, fabulous point. Okay. If people are being written about, the chances are they're going to read the publication. If those yeah, are the people exactly. that you're trying to reach out to, then focus your attention on those people. You know, and sometimes you overlook that sort of, I mean, that's a fabulous, extremely, and I want to mean, I mean this nicely, simplistic approach. Yep. 
And actually, some of the publications were pretty illuminating. Um, for example, you know, we're talking about the top retailers, and uh, you know, at the time, InStyle, for example, and Real Simple, they really weren't on the top of our list of publications we were going after. But so many of our key merchants were showing up in both of those publications that we decided, well, we definitely needed to be talking to those editors to um, get consumer coverage. But also, we thought, you know what, these merchants are probably reading these publications also, seeing their own coverage. So um, definitely those two sort of bubble to the top of our list of, of publications we wanted to approach. That is so terrific. What we're going to do, we're going to take one more commercial break, and then we will come back and we'll tie a beautiful bow on this fabulous uh, finalist status for the Silver Anvils. We'll be right back. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. $6 million, $2.2 million, $4 billion, $6 million. Then just kick an ass with domain name. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty, 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 and uh, what, what's uh, what's been your highest domain name sale? How much money was it for? It was approximately one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. About one hundred and fifty grand. That's correct. Okay, great. You have had eBay by Rent.com and Shopping.com for a combined one point four billion dollars. Monty, 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 Monty. Be the master of your domain. Literally, probably 90 days after buying it uh, for $80,000, Interbrew bought it for $7 million. We appraised the property and helped get it sold for $3.4 million. It was the most valuable asset that they had, $6 million or $10 million on a domain name. When we sold autos.com for $2.2 million, people thought it was nuts, too. <laughs> domain Masters, only on Webmaster Radio. Be the master of your domain. Meanwhile, Bill Gates says MSN Search will more than match Google in terms of relevancy. Cranking up that relevancy, and if they can't, he will kill everybody at Google. (laughs) No, that's not funny. And he's going to hire Kai Fu Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Kai Fu Lee wants you. Yeah, baby. The Daily Searchcast with Danny Sullivan. Tuesday through Friday mornings at 1130 a.m. Eastern. Only on Webmaster Radio. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin on this very long but uh, extremely exciting and informative edition of Cover Story. I am joined again by Mark McClellan, APR Vice President of Schwartz Communications and uh the proud daddy of three finalist status for the Silver Anvil Awards, and the lovely Miss Heather Fields, marketing and PR manager for I4 Commerce. And they both happen to be in the rockin' state of Massachusetts. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> it's terrific. So, um, so we've got about like four minutes left. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's talk about, you know, some of the key, because I mean, really, the, these elements that you're using, I mean, really, they just, they make sense. Right. And you really did, you drew a lot from not only your, your, um, your relationship with Schwartz, but you really used a lot of your internal people to draw on information that they needed most. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was just going to throw out two other tactics that Mm -hmm. might be helpful to your listeners that we worked on with Schwartz. One of them was that we began to cultivate mavens in the marketplace for the consumer side. Mm -hmm. So Schwartz was able to help us find some of those um, industry influencers, and we ended up working with Hillary Mendelson at the end of 2005 for the holiday season. And if you're not familiar with Hillary, she writes a a book called The Purple Book. It's it's actually an online website as well, but it's essentially it's a it's a guide to the best websites out there, the best shopping sites out there. It's it's a really wonderful directory. Cool. And um she does she contributes quite a bit to the morning shows like the Today Show. She actually um writes a column for In Style. So um anyway, we, right. we began no, to work so with she's Hillary. A great, so she's a great um, you know, fashion forward, fabulous exactly. female. Yes. Exactly. And she has a great community that she's built of people that really pay attention to her recommendations. So she participated with us in a satellite media tour and an audio news release, which, again, we were able to repurpose and put in front of the merchants, showing them that we were out there getting the brand out there. But, again, you know, this was real news with covering uh, Bill Me Later. Um, and another way that we did that for those merchants that, you know, we just couldn't tell if they were they were getting the message, we packaged up a, a montage on a DVD, and we actually sent it to them on a DVD player that they simply would just, you know, just press play and the message would uh, play for them. So, again, it was a compilation of some of the significant press we were getting, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere from Hillary on the satellite media tour talking to reporters on TV and radio in Dallas to coverage in Business Week. Um, and then uh, we actually gave those merchants the option uh, because so many merchants and, and uh, folks out there can't keep gifts anymore to donate that to a local charity. So we gave them prepaid labels to send it to a, you know, a local charity that we, we believe they had a relationship with. So we tried to be full service, you know, get the message in front of them, but also be cognizant of those types of um, those situations. So that was also extremely effective. So, again, just once again, being able to repurpose all of this really good work that Schwartz was doing for us, you know, on multiple fronts. That's tremendous. Now, you also had, so we're taking a look at, you had a $200,000 budget. Yes. So that included agency retainer, an audio news release, satellite media tour, and your, you know, what you just discussed, the the media kit mailing. Right. Um, Let's talk about exceeded expectations. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely here, the folks that I work for are very much into measuring. They're very much a number cruncher. So it was really important to be able to prove the effectiveness of of some of the tactics that we were putting out. So one of the things that I did was I restructured our website because most of our retailer leads come in through our website. And so for everybody coming in, we require them now to complete a, a brief form to tell us a little bit more about how they heard about Bill Me Later and I for Commerce. Um, one of the selections can be that they read about us um, through news coverage or a press release. And then further, we ask them to identify which publication or which press release or, you know, which trade show was that actual lead source. And from doing that, we've been able to prove that, you know, a, a strong uh, list of um, merchant prospects actually did come through news coverage uh, that we generated with the Schwartz Communications. So Fabulous. actually we're able to tie it back to that income. Fabulous. And in the regions where I4 Commerce's top prospects were located, Schwartz generated an average of seven articles per market with a high of 27 articles in the greater Boston, yay, region. 
And that was yes. due to Heather getting us the information and the ammunition we needed to do our job to steer consumers to shopdomulator.com. Which is so important. Like just having one person who's intelligent that you can count on within your client, um, you know, community is tremendous. And obviously, you know, you guys have worked together in the past, so you both had a great working relationship to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah, is, we really did. Which did. is awesome. Um, he's very protective of you, Heather. <laughs> he was so cute on the phone. Thank you. I talked to him on the phone earlier, and I'm like, oh, you know, you sound really great, and, and Heather's really great. And I'm like, no, but we're focusing on you right now, but Heather's really great. <laughs> they taught me well. <laughs> so, that's really awesome. I um, would be remiss if I didn't mention our website. I hope you don't mind, but I um, would love it if your readers could check out BillMeLater.com. Plug it. And uh, see for themselves. That's awesome. No, absolutely. And in addition to uh, regional coverage, Schwartz succeeded in placing more than 90 articles on Bill Me Later, and more than 60% of them included at least two key messages. Yep. So, I mean, you guys, this is really terrific. Are you going to be in New York? On yes, yes, we will. Yes, really Yay. looking forward to it. So who's, well, who's dressing you? Is it Versace? Is it Valentino, <laughs> darling? Max Studio. Oh, well, you know, you can't do much better than Max. That's lovely. And Webmaster Radio is donating an evening of... Um, you know, of Bulgari. So, um, you know, necklace oh, wow. and earrings will be, will be brought via um, courier. To well, and I'm sure you'll have a security guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you Heller's address, Brandy, so you can make sure she gets it. Absolutely. You know what? Like in a couple of years, may I be able to do that? God, I would love that. Anyway, listen, the best of luck to you both. And Mark, the best of luck uh, to all of your finalists. We'd love to have you back as a guest. I'm happy to return anytime. Terrific. And Heather, I'd love to have you back as a guest oh, as well. Thanks, Brandy. Thank you. You guys, uh, you really know your stuff, and thank you so much for making an awesome contribution to the community. Our pleasure. Well, thank you for the invitation. Have a great day. You enjoy, and have fun on the 8th. We okay, will. You too. Bye-bye. Best of luck. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. That is it. Another awesome edition of Cover Story. Keep your fingers crossed, because Everyone who we've uh, been interviewing on this special highlight series for the Public Relations Society of America and the Silver Anvils has been so wonderful. There's a lot of finalists that we have not gotten to, but I have to say every single person that we've interviewed has just been amazing and off the hook and has really given us great information um, that we can use in our, for our own practical purposes. So uh, I say we, we uh, on June 8th, we all uh, just send good vibes out. And uh, hopefully maybe there'll be some great ties. And everybody, all the great people that have been on the radio network will, will win. So we'll be right back here on Cover Story next Wednesday with another fabulous finalist.